0: Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we will be talking with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and I have some very special guests today, a whole round of special guests, as a matter of fact. So uh, with us are the Bold Stroke Books 2020 Golden Crown Literary Society Award winners, Uh, or at least half of them anyway. And uh, so I'm going to go around and introduce everyone and then uh, ask you to uh, talk about, about your book and your, 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 uh, what it's about and, and your award. So uh, with us today is D. Jackson Lee. Uh, hi, hi, Deb. Hi. Uh, Chris Bryant. Hey, Chris. Hi. Nan Higgins. Hello, Nan.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: And Bray Willows, all the way from the UK. Hello. Hey Bray How are you guys? Great, awesome, Good. Awesome, thank you all for joining me today um, from all around uh, various parts of the world. I appreciate it. So um, let's jump right in and talk about, about your book, your uh, award-winning book, um, and uh, what it was like to... Uh, be a virtual winner, I guess. Uh, so uh, I guess you really weren't a virtual winner. You are a real winner, but on a virtual platform, right? Uh, so um, so let's let's start with Bray. Bray, was this your first Goldie? Um, and if not, tell us about other other wins for you. It was it was actually my not only my first
2: Goldie but my first award ever. So. Awesome! <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. So yeah, it felt really good. It was really exciting. But yeah, it's it's my very first one. I was nominated for my uh, second book in my trilogy a couple years ago, but uh, this is my first win. So.
0: Ah, oh, that's so exciting! I'm so happy
2: for you. Thanks. Thanks. I was really happy too. <laughs> I'll bet. All right.
1: And and Nan, how about you? Yeah, it was my this was my debut novel, so it was my first book my first win and and it was uh, for my book London undone in general fiction and it was it was I was shocked and and the virtual experience was you know it was my first my first Goldie experience ever. So I don't have anything to compare it to. I thought it was fantastic. Awesome. (laughs) Congratulations that's that's a
0: pretty sweet entrance into this, you know, less thick world to have your debut novel win a Goldie, right?
1: Yeah, I was, I was absolutely, I was absolutely shocked. I was one of those people. We kept getting the the email saying, even if you think you're not going to win, make sure you write something. And every time I saw it, I'm like, no, no. And literally I wrote, I jotted down a few things as it was getting started just in case. So (laughs) I'm glad glad I did.
0: Awesome. That was, that was very smart on your part, right?
1: Right. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right. And Chris, how about you was... Is this your first or one of many? It
3: is actually, it was my second. Uh I won my first Goldie for breakthrough and uh Listen won the second Goldie. My second awesome.
0: Goldie. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you. So you're you're an old pro. Yeah, old
3: hat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and D Jackson, how about you? I know you've been around <laughs> this block
4: before. Yeah, um, it was my fourth Goldie. Um, the, uh, but it, it'd been a couple of years. I'd been a finalist, uh, in recent years, but it probably been about four years since I had, um, won a Goldie and this book was special to me. So I was really, uh, really happy. And the competition, I really was surprised because the competition was very tough. The finalists I'd read most of the, other finalists, and loved all their books, so I was a bit surprised that I, I won.
0: I'm not, really. Uh, I, I love that book. That was, a, it was, uh, Ordinary is Perfect, right?
4: Yes, it, it, and it sold really well. Um, I think it, um, it struck a chord with the readers. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so tell us more about that. What, what was the category, and uh, yeah, tell true. us about the book.
4: It was romance and, um, but it was a lot more than that. I I got the idea for the book. Um, It started with, well, it started with a dog. (laughs) And the original title was like Plain Brown Dog. And and the (laughs) thing behind the book book is, and and mostly in my books, the thing behind them is that people aren't what you think they are, you know, when you shouldn't, we all make snap judgments when we first meet somebody And um, until you get to know them, there's, there, you know, you find things a lot deeper that you didn't expect. And um, so a lot of us, even very accomplished people feel, you know, they feel that they're, they have shortcomings and they feel very ordinary, much more ordinary than the people, you know, view them as being exceptional. They still feel ordinary and, in some ways in their lives, we all do. And uh, some of us feel very ordinary. We always comparing ourselves to other people. And um, my um, my niece had a, a dog, just a, a brown rescue mutt named Elvis. And um, she was still living at home. And unfortunately, there were two other um, dogs. His uh, That dog's brother and um, my nephews Brought home another rescue that was a boxer mix, and she was a girl. And the two brothers, the the other brother decided he liked the girl dog, and they were just beating up poor Elvis bad. I mean, trips oh. to the vet to stitch him up, and so um, my sister said we need to rehome um, Elvis. We're gonna have to rehome him, or they're gonna kill him. And um, so I posted on my uh, on my author's page. And um, this woman, Catherine Woodworth from Arkansas, uh, she said, I want him. I haven't had a dog in two years. And uh, if he's okay with cats, I said, but we're, she's in Georgia. She said, I will drive all the way to Georgia. There's something about that dog. And um, she took Elvis. She drove actually, uh, Donna um, Ford and I, (laughs) we drove, Elvis to um, Memphis, and met Catherine, and um, actually Nashville, we drove him to Nashville, and uh, she met us there, and we handed him off, and she turned him into a therapy dog, and loved him, they are a perfect match, and she just, I said, why in the world, you know, why him, and she said, I don't know, I just saw his picture, and something said, I have to have him, so that was the Catherine and Elvis in the in the book, Aww. and that was the that was the beginning of the book. And then, um, you know, there were other things, and, and you know, and, and Catherine felt ordinary, and her uh, her other love interests um, uh, saw her as ordinary at first until she got to know her, and um, and of course, both characters had their own flaws. And I think the title, I actually asked people when we sold them at Pride events, I was so surprised that the response I got from the sales that I got were, like, really, really strong. And so I I started asking people, um, you know, when I was signing and selling, I said, what attracted you to this book? You know, was it the dog on the cover or what? And they said, you know, it's the title. It's it's the title because... we feel ordinary. And one of the points that I'd heard from readers is that we always write, you know, these fantastic characters, you know, that are beautiful and, you know, sometimes rich and, you know, this and, um, not ordinary, not ordinary. And, um, and, and Catherine in the story really wasn't, um, she wasn't poor. Um, but, um, in a, in a way, she, and she, you know, she felt very ordinary and so, um, you know, they related to that. So I, I think that's one of the things that helped, uh, help the book out. And, it's um, almost
0: like a, a Aesop's fable, right? Like there's a, a nice moral to the story.
4: Yeah, and the dog helped, <laughs> and the dog helped the story a lot too. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep, and and I totally like the "Ordinary is Perfect" title versus the plain brown dog. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> so awesome! Thank you. Well, it was a great book. All right, so so Bray, tell us about your book. What was what was the category? What was the title? And and tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so it was "Changing Course." is the title. Okay,
2: and it's a sci-fi. So it was the sci-fi fantasy category, uh, and like uh, Deb was saying it was such a strong category. There were so many um, amazing books in it that, like Nan was saying, I, I didn't, I was pretty much certain it wouldn't win. So I didn't really think of anything. Uh, I was in Scotland uh, in the middle of nowhere during the during the ceremony and kind of watching and playing a, a game of Romy Club with, with my wife. Um, and that meant when, my internet wasn't very good, and as soon as they went to announce the winner, it, it went off. <laughs> and fortunately, it came back on right as they, I caught, like, the end of my name, so I was lucky. Um, it's, it was my very first sci-fi. I've written a lot of fantasy and, and fairy tales,
3: yeah. but
2: I wanted to, to push myself and see if I could write a pure sci-fi. Wow, well, it and, worked. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Uh, And create a whole new world, Um, and it was so much fun to to think who inhabits this and where are they and why, Um, and then to kind of force my two characters together, one who feels like a street rat and is very ordinary, (laughs) um, and and kind of just scraping by, and then one who is very wealthy and a ship's captain and and has no emotions at all, from where she comes from, and to see where they where they went from there. Um, it was it was just it was so much fun to write and to create a world. Unfortunately, I think one of the things that I like to do is is play with social issues, and uh, sometimes it can weigh a story down a little bit. I think, um, but this one I really wanted to play with equality and inequality and what that means and learning how to be something more than you are and understand that your course isn't isn't fated that you can you can change course if
0: if you're able if you're willing and ready to to take the leap yeah that's awesome that's another another great moral <laughs> story you know um it's a very meaningful and powerful story um and i'm so happy that you took this leap into a Whole other genre and it and it paid off for you. Um, and I love to see that you are so excited about it and have such passion about it. You know, that's that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It came to me in a dream, actually. The book came to me in a dream, um, like one of my other books did. Um, Chosen came to me the same way in, in a full setting. Um, and then I was able to just sit down and, and run with it. So
0: nice yeah i appreciate my subconscious very much (laughs) yeah it's so great that you're so in tune with it that's awesome all right okay so chris tell us about your category and your book title and and about the book
3: okay um so i won for contemporary short uh for listen and uh it is a book that deals with um anxiety so mental illness uh, to a certain extent. Um, I wanted to write something that was very meaningful that was going on. It's very, there was a, a big push uh, a couple of years ago to, for mental health awareness. And so I figured, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and tackle this topic because I do, I do suffer from anxiety. And um, so I thought, what are some things that, I do to help calm myself and one of the things I do is uh, it's it's music music really calms me and so since, since I was writing the sensory series I thought oh I'll just write a book about you know about how music and, and how it how it affects this this character and uh, so I wrote listen and rather than go on and on I'm just gonna read the blurb because I'll, I could talk about it for hours so former child music, Prodigy Lily Croft spends most days in her home office crunching numbers and analyzing data as an actuary Once she filled concert halls around across the world Until pressure got to be too much and forced her to retreat when her boss hands her a temporary assignment Lily has to leave the safety of working from home to work with people at an office She keeps her head down and stays focused but one night on her way to the train station She hears music wafting from the leading note and the life and feelings she suppressed for over a decade bubble up to the surface, and so so this she she goes across. There's another whole section, but that's that's uh, the uh, the love interest is Hope Demarco, who runs the leading note, which is a um, which is like a neighborhood music center for for children. Because in the public school systems, they take away arts, uh, so that's the first thing that they cut in any sort of program, or music and arts and, and anything that that uh, can really help a child grow. And so, so there's this, this center for, for kids in, the, uh, in different places in the city to, to come and, and, and appreciate music. And so she hears music again, something she's avoided for a really long time, and it really helps her. And so it's just, it's how she learns to come outside of her box again. And um, so it's a love story.
0: It, it's, it's a love story, but it's more than a love story. Um, in that, so so, my my day job is, um, I work in the behavioral health field, and I have to say, and I think I told you this before, you did an amazing job, really an excellent job of, of really conceptualizing and working with um, the whole concept of of someone. Uh, their, their reaction to an anxious situation or a situation that causes anxiety and how they deal with that, um, and work through it. You really did. An you. Job. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And, um, uh, and also, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with, uh, kind of, a uh, a, a social, um, dilemma that, that we face in today's world is, and, and that is the, um, really defunding of school arts programs, right? So you really capture a lot um, in this one short uh, romance novel. Uh, so congratulations. No, thank you. Yeah, it was thank awesome, you. really. All right, so Nan, tell us about your category and your book title and, and about the book.
1: My category was general fiction and um, London Undone is the title, and it, it came to me in, a I guess, kind of an odd way. I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw um, there was a, a, a meme going around on social media a couple of years ago, and I think it resurfaces fairly often. It says, you know, what would you tell your, your childhood self mm. if you had a chance? And I started thinking about it and thinking, what if the opposite were true? What if somebody found a letter from themselves when they were young and and um i started imagining what if what if this letter outlines a life that was completely different from the life that they were living and how would that make them feel and so in london undone in the very first chapter london is out with her friends and her girlfriend um for her girlfriend's birthday and her girlfriend proposes to her in a very public way and london is not traditional not has made no secret about it and so she does not accept the proposal so it's very dramatic and then um while she's still processing through that and kind of sitting with her friends at this bar she gets a call from her estranged twin sister saying that their mother has died and this Mm -hmm. is so it catapults her back into um contact with her family that she hasn't seen in 20 years since she came out And when she goes home for her mother's funeral, she discovers a letter like that that she wrote at 10 years old for a part of a school project where she outlines a very traditional kind of life. And so as she's hitting rock bottom emotionally, she starts to explore some of these these things that she outlined as as a kid and tries to find her way back to herself.
0: Wow, that's a whole creative twist on the past, present, and future tenses, right? And worlds. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I wrote the rough draft in about six weeks. It just kind of flew out of me, um, and then I spent several months editing it. But it was, it it felt strangely effortless to write. It just, it was kind of like I discovered something, and it just kind of dusted it off on paper. So.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. Hidden talent. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yeah, for <laughs> Thank sure. You. I don't know. Yeah, something.
0: <laughs> so, so for those of you who um, have actually been to the Golden Crown conferences in the past, right? Um, how was this to have this virtual conference? Um, you know, and, and, and everything was virtual, right? The workshops, the presentations, keynote speakers. Um, So, so how was it? Um, Any difference? I know Dee Jackson, you've been, you've been around the block, you've been there, um, not only as a writer, but um, you started going to Golden Crown as a reader. Reader. Yeah. So, so was it a big, big change for you? A big difference?
4: yeah it was um it was because while you get to see the people that you're on the panel with you don't get to see the audience and what I really miss is I miss um not just I miss the interaction with the readers I mean even even us that are writers like I'm an avid reader I I know that all authors don't read other authors, but I do. I, I read a lot and listen constantly listen to audiobooks when my, you know, like lately my reading time has been greatly diminished with all that's been going on with, um, with me trying to uh, navigate a move. And um, so I listen to audiobooks constantly when I'm in the car, when I'm, you know, doing things around the house and I'm doing yard work, I listen to audiobooks um, constantly, I probably have in my Audible account there's probably like 800 to 1,000 uh, audiobook titles, and um, the uh, so um, I miss, and I especially love to hear from readers about my, you know, what, what I've written, what they like, what they didn't like, and um, so it gives me an idea of what resonates with them and what doesn't. And I just miss seeing everybody and having those long conversations, you know, um, between the the panels. And I, and that's what I miss. I mean, it's great to see some of the people on Zoom, but it's only a handful, you know, when there's only, like us, there's there's five of us here talking now. And when you're on a panel, you can't, See, you know, all the people that are out there or talk to them in the hallway and stuff like that. So, I'm looking forward to the time when we can, you know, this pandemic lightens up and we can see everybody again.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Chris, how about for you? Was it how was it different? Um, well,
3: um, obviously, virtual, you know, being online, uh, everything went so quickly, I was really surprised. You know, and I think it went quickly because um, I don't think a lot of, um, I don't think a lot of people attended as far as like when you're there, you know, everybody's there, everybody's dressed up, you know, we all have a common goal, we're together, you know, we're having a great time, we want to support our friends and, and so it's just kind of sad, you know, they kind of blew through the categories and I, I don't, I think Contemporary Short was um, third, on the third award that was that was listed and I want to say that I might have been the first one that was actually in attendance to accept the award. Um, yeah it, it went super fast and so I was kind of sad that there wasn't more participation because you know we're still this group and we still need each other and we still need the support and you know like Dee Jackson said you know we are there for the readers we're there for other writers the you know this is our small community and and I wish that that we had more you know i wish we knew who was there and and you know you just don't get to see anything like for me i just saw i saw like whoever i saw chris and 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 i saw maria whoever was actually doing the awards you know and and casey luck and and that that's it that's who i saw and then whoever else won so i mean i watched it from beginning to end and it was super fast and i just wish that i just wish that more people were there to accept their awards and it would have been nice to see their faces and and just and You know, had just had that great feeling because I I love supporting, you know, other writers and and I love being there and and seeing their reactions. And and I just have such a great time. So I I just I was kind of sad that I didn't get to see more of that. But I mean, hell, we're in a pandemic. I get it. You know, it's not everybody can do it, and it's just you know this was the this was the one time we could get so many people you know virtually from all across the world who could never make the conference. You know, I think as a whole, I think the conference was probably a success uh, for that reason that people who normally don't get to attend got to attend virtually. Uh, but as far as the awards portion, I, I don't really know like who all attended. I just know that it was it was a quick thing, and uh, I was kind of sad
0: yeah i and I agree I think there was um there were a lot more people tuned in because they could um and and hopefully what I'm thinking is maybe that gives uh the you know uh director and I don't know who makes decisions about this on the board but if if in the future they not only have like the live conference but also have accommodations for someone to you know um teleprompt in, um, and uh, from from some place where you know, like there are a lot of members and they just can't get mm-hmm. to the conference. So um, hopefully they'll uh, think about that for future. Right,
3: I think I think it will. I think this has changed things for the better. Like ultimately, even though it's a hiccup, I think it's changed things because now we have an option to where people can dial in, like you were saying. You know, it's maybe there next year if it does take place in Orlando then people can still like see things and jump in and especially the award ceremony. That'd be so cool to see everybody, you know, have TVs up or ever, you know, and see people who, you know, readers and other writers who can't attend there at the ceremony. I think that they do live stream it, but I, th- I think, I want to say that they did last year that they live streamed it, but just the awards, but I think the whole the whole conference as a whole would be great to do it this way as well.
0: Yeah, that would be definitely be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, maybe make some accommodation like, you know, D. Jackson was saying, like, you, you're not interacting with people. Um, maybe have like a virtual water cooler. Um, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, right. Where right. people can just gather and chat. You know? all right. So, yeah. so, all right. So, Bray, how was it for you? Yeah, I've been,
2: I've been to GCLS uh, quite a few times. I've been with Bold Strokes now for over a decade. And um, I actually got hired by Bold Strokes at a GCLS conference oh, um, nice. before, I le- before I moved to the UK. Um, so it, it holds a particularly special place in my heart. Yeah. Um, I think it was interesting for me because I'm, I love going and having been with Bold Strokes for so long now. I'm really close to quite a few of of the authors, and and I love being able to see people. And I mean, Deb and I have known each other now for for ages.
0: Long okay, time, yeah. yeah.
2: And I I miss I miss getting a hug and and hearing a story. <laughs> um, and and that's the case for quite a lot of the authors um, that I've grown really close to over the last decade. So I miss that, but I think the other side of it, and this kind of goes back to Chris's book, um, is that I, I also suffer from anxiety, and I get horrendously nervous every time I go to GCLS, or, or any kind of big event, so I have often kind of stand against the wall, and wring my hands, and think all these people actually hate me, you know, like, <laughs> like ridiculous thoughts that just kind of circle around, so in a way, being able to tend to Virtually meant I didn't have any anxiety, um, so I missed out on on seeing friends and and having those chats and like in Vegas, you know, going to breakfast um, with Missouri Vaughn and, and her wife, and it was just amazing. But I could also sit in a in a renovated church in Scotland and. Play games while I was watching, so, <laughs> so you no, know, I'm and not, nice not to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and not kind of stress out and worry about what I looked like or how I was speaking or whether I was talking too much or too little or you know all these things, all these things that go through your head. So I think it was it was good and bad. I I loved like um, Chris said, it went really fast. Um, in not being able to see people jump up and mm-hmm. cheer and get hugs from their friends and it does it is really different um so it's a double sided thing for me, I think, but I'll always still go because i do I do miss seeing those people that I only get to see maybe once a year um if that because I have to fly over for it
0: yeah, well, I appreciate uh your candidness. Um, really and, and that um, I think really kind of speaks to D Jackson's book, Ordinary is Perfect, right? Um, you know' you're, you're a real person and, uh, and you know and, and I think it, it's been my experience that many many authors are uh, introverts um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's it is a double-edged sword because you know you, you're an introvert yet, you have to interact with the public um that helps sells bu- sell books, right yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, so it's it's tough um, so i I appreciate you saying that
2: um, and I'm sorry for the interruptions. My wife is trying to make my peanut butter cookie recipe, and she's stressing out about getting it wrong, so <laughs> you don't have to tell us that, <laughs> I don't want it to look like I'm not paying attention, but she's like, are these right? Are these big enough?" <laughs> <So> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to go in search of peanut butter cookies after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all good. So Nan, how, how was it for you? Uh, was this your first conference or had you been to conferences in the past?
1: well this was going to be my first one. Um, and so it was, you know, it was bittersweet. I was really looking forward to it. I think it's been so surreal since, since, You know signing on with BSB just because first and foremost I'm a fan and I'm a reader and so you know it's been amazing to now suddenly have these people that I've all right
0: I think I think we lost Nan for a minute um she'll be back so so let's um Let's move on, and um, so what, uh,
2: sorry,
1: Can you... oh, hey, yeah, we lost you for man. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I don't know what happened, um, yeah, so it, I was really looking forward to meeting all these people that I have admired so much, um, and, but I was also really nervous, so, you know, I had the mixed the mixed feelings that I think everyone had, where I was I was nervous um, about meeting everybody and and all these people, all these authors that I've looked up to for so long, um, but I was so so excited. So that was you know that was sad. It was sad not to not to still be able to say that I've met all of you. Um, but I I thought you could definitely tell how hard the organizers worked yeah. to make it a great event and I I appreciated that so much because when the pandemic was first hitting I I thought oh gosh you know are we not going to have anything and you know and so it was a real relief to know that there was something there and we still had something to look forward to and and could convene in the way that we were able so I thought that was really meaningful even though it wasn't you know, it was something even
0: though it wasn't everything, so. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think Golden Crown did a great job of pulling this all together, making it happen. Um, you know, they, they really did. Uh, kudos to them. Um, awesome job.
3: Yeah, I thought it went smoothly. I mean, the very few hiccups Um uh, when the actual event happened. You know, when the award ceremony happened, I thought it was great. I mean, it
0: boom, boom, boom. It, it moved right along. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, Chris, it was, um, I think, uh, it was too quick, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so yeah, I missed the
3: music. Cause they, they always ask you, you know, what, what song do you want playing? You know, if you win. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so it's funny because, um, like last year when I went for breakthrough, um, I had game of thrones. I was like, okay, we're going to do this. If, if I'm going to win, I'm going to go big. So, <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, so that was kind of fun. So I always like listening to other people when they win, you know, what song they choose to, to play, to have playing as they're walking up to the stage. So there's that whole thing that's kind of behind the scenes that that a lot of people don't know about, um, that you do pick a song and, uh, and they play it for you when you walk up to the stage. And, oh, go ahead, Dee.
4: But you don't have to worry about a zipper not being zipped or tripping on the way up <laughs> to the stage or all those things that your anxiety, you know, right. even people like me that don't get anxiety, don't have anxiety, I worry about those <laughs> things too, you know, like losing your cool in front of everybody, you know. <laughs>
1: That, right. was that was the other thing for me. I'm only four foot ten, so I was like, "What if there's a podium and I can't see over it?" was not worried about it.
4: Oh, <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's okay because it, it, when uh, Lynn Ames is the, right. one of the, she's one of the presenters. Um, they have a little thing for her to stand on. So they would shove it up there for you. To oh stand oh on. yeah.
3: It's, they always have such a, it's always like, I love, that's why I love the award so much because everybody feels good. Everybody's in a good mood. Things happen. People fall, people trip. Um, and, but yet there's always, you know, everybody, it's so comfortable. You're still comfortable there, you know? and, and like, like Dee just said that there's a little step stool that they pull out for, for the shorter, for the shorter winners. But it's, it's, it's a thing that happens. It's not even like, you know, everybody laughs in a good nature, you know, it's just, it's such a feel good event, you know, and I'm just, I'm bummed that that we're all stuck indoors for the next however long. And, and um, you know, but yeah, they, they pulled it off, but I was still sad that that it was as virtual awards thing.
0: Yeah. So, so let's go back and look at, at some of the, Previous award uh, ceremonies and 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 conferences. So so for those of you who have been to them in the past, what are some of your favorite memories? Um, Ray, can you? Do you yeah. want to step in on this one? Um, gosh. Uh, Well, Atlanta
2: was was fabulous because, uh, as I say, that's that's uh, when I uh, got hired by BSB and- So tell us about that. How did that come to happen? Um, I, I was, I went to the first one in Palm Springs and, uh, it was a very small gathering at the library. And it was kind of just a random, hey, this thing's going on, let's go check it out. And Jennifer Knight was on the panel and they were talking publishing. And I was just finishing my degree in English now you can't do anything with an English degree like nobody actually does anything with an English degree <laughs> we all get one and then it's like yay what do I do now um, so I spoke to Jennifer after the the uh, session and I said how do you become an editor and she said it's impossible she said you have to work your way up it's a devil wears product situation where you're getting coffee at six in the morning, and you're up all night, and you, you kind of have to work your way up, and I was like, oh, thanks, um, <laughs> which, not
1: really helpful,
2: <laughs> not what you were here. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you know Jennifer, you know, she never pulled her punches, um, and um, it, the GCLS in Atlanta came up not long after that, And I drove from California to Atlanta for it as a final trip before I moved to the UK, and it was fabulous. Um, And I ran into Jennifer coming down the steps, and she said, I was hoping you'd be here. Do you want to intern for me? Nice. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, so that was that, and, um, and it was an amazing learning process, and, and it was 4am conversations and sitting outside cafes using their internet at two in the morning (laughs) Uh, but it was really something else and I feel so incredibly blessed Um, I'm not religious but that's the only word I can think of to to have what I have with BSB and um, to have worked with Radcliffe for so long Um, Rad came out and and did the writing retreat in Spain with us Uh, and I think Deb you were at that one weren't you Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was really something special. So Atlanta will always hold a, a really special place in my heart. But I love Vegas too. I think Vegas is fabulous um, <laughs> to be able to to walk through all those crazy hotels and meet up with your friends in really weird and wonderful restaurants for breakfast and or you know just to suddenly grab a group of people and and say let's go mm-hmm. to this hotel buffet or whatever. Um, I think Vegas is also one
0: of my favorites that was also a lot of fun. That's cool. Great memories. That's a that's a really great story too. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So, Deb, how about you? What's one of, what's one of your favorite stories from a conference?
4: I guess I have a lot of them, but um mm-hmm. but two really special ones. The first conference I went to, I went right by myself. I didn't know anybody and um but I had a purpose, I wanted to meet Radcliffe and I get her to sign a book and um, I wanted to meet Kate Culpepper, the late Mm -hmm. Kate Culpepper, because I had read um, the first three of her Amazon series and um, I had found her in a Yahoo group um, where it was a group that Jill McKnight was also in and we role played. You join the group if they let you in, and we role played a character in in the in the group. And we wrote stories together. And um, it was a really good exercise uh, for writers. To it was like a round robin sort of thing, or kind of like that, but not really. Like you didn't just pick up the story and keep writing. You sort of made an agreement with um, another writer in the group and your two characters would have a story together. Like you would write part of it and then pass it to the other person and they would say, yeah, that's good. Or my character wouldn't say that. Or, you know, or, and then they would write the next piece and you would say, my character wouldn't say that, or this is good. And you'd write the next piece. So it's a really, really terrific exercise. And, um, and ultimately ended up to me submitting my first novel to um, Kate and Jill McKnight encouraged me after Jill got her first contract with Bold Strokes, they said, um, if you have a manuscript, you need to submit it to Bold Strokes. But um, I was dying to meet Kate because I'd read her books and I knew that she was gonna be there. And um, the character that played was Ryder, who was a horse master and um, she took care of the horses in the stable. And, um, she, uh, and so when I walked up to her with my three books, and I still have them, they were the ones published before she was with Bold Stroke. So they're original first copies. Mm-hmm. And, um, I handed them to her and asked her, and uh, she said, who'd I sign them to? I said, sign them to writer. And she was like, Oh my God, you know? <laughs> and it was one of those, one of those moments. Cause it was like, uh, we knew each other, you know, almost intimately, we, you know, and, and but we didn't. Yeah. And um, it was this really special moment. And I did meet Brad and she was very gracious and and taught, you know, took some minutes out with all these people standing around wanting, you know, get her to sign books. And she still took time to talk to me. And I was like, nobody, I was just a, a reader. And um, I also met V.K. Powell there. Um, we were both from Greensboro, North Carolina, and never met each other. And, and we ended up in this empty food court that was attached to the hotel we were staying in. And um, she was the only person sitting there eating. And I s- saw her placard, her, you know, GCLS placard. And then whenever I said, do you mind if I sit down? And we started talking. I said, where are you from? She said, Greensboro, North Carolina. I said, so am I. How come we don't know each other? You know, and then after that, you know, she had had a short story published. And then when I had Bearback, my first book published, we, um, you know, we, we ended up writing together to a reading in Atlanta and uh, just like, or instant friends, like sisters. And so that very first uh, GCLS in Atlanta was uh, really special to me. And the second time I'll try to make this real brief, the first time I had, after my first book was published, and my second one was about to come out, long Longshot. Um, there was a character in there that was that was modeled after somebody I knew, a reporter that worked for me, that had a, a Georgia, Tennessee, you no, know, it's Texas, Tennessee accents, kind of a weird com- combination. And so I modeled this character after her, and um, when I did my very first reading in T-Town, I tried to really mimic that regional accent, and uh, a friend of mine um, videoed it for me, and it was my very first reading, and then when she played it back later, um, I couldn't tell the difference in that in my regular southern accent, (laughs) Um, but, you you know, in those early days, um, we would have that big ballstrokes dinner (coughs) at Brad's friend's house. They would put on a big dinner for all the ballstrokes authors, and I was talking to Rad in the kitchen, and I I told her about that, and she just laughed at me, and she said, oh, Deb, <laughs> you yeah. know, she said, I love to listen to you read, <laughs> he, said, he said, but no, you, you're just Southern, you just sound Southern, you yeah. <laughs> know, there's no difference, and, and so I quit trying to, you know, do that, but Aww. that's anyway.
3: awesome.
4: that's awesome, yeah, I must say, you
0: know, um, you know you were talking about how rad was so congenial and just accommodating and 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 she really is and and I, I think i have rad up on a pedestal because she is uh just one of the very few people that i know who um she's like a renaissance woman really um and she does it all and she does it all well and and she's so kind hearted and generous and you know it's uh, you don't find many people like that in the world so yeah. yeah, I just echo those sentiments. Um, all right, so, so Chris, how about you? How was, what's your favorite memory?
3: There are so many. Um, like, that is the time when you get to meet readers and uh, see your friends again, and also branch out to different writers from different publications. You know, that, that's just as important, you know, as, as talking to readers and seeing your friends again. Um, I think probably my favorite, I have to go with Bray and, and Vegas was great. Like, like I didn't, I don't think I slept at all in Vegas. I, I don't think so. I mean, there's too many things going on and, and getting pulled in all different directions and gladly getting pulled in all different directions, you know? And, and, uh, I just, I, I, I got to meet and hang out with, uh, with, uh, Dorothy Allison, and uh, I have a picture of me and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I have a picture of me and Lee and Dorothy and we have this, you know, great picture. You know, I hear I'm with these, with these two incredible writers and I'm like, this is the best picture ever. I'm keeping this picture and I'm going to frame it and have it because, you know, these are the two one two of the biggest writers, you know, ever genre are, you know, the, the trailblazers, yeah. Lee Lynch, by the way. Um, so, I mean, they're just, it's just, you just, It's just so much fun. You never know what's going to happen. Literally, you can walk down the hallway. And I remember walking into, um, I want to say I was getting ready to go into the vendor, um, excuse me, the vendor area. Goodness, I apologize. Um, And there happened to be a bunch of affinity writers. And they're like, hey, Chris, come here, come here. We're on Facebook Live. Let's do a shot. You know, it's just kind of like, um, okay, so we did a shot. So it's just like, it's just, it's just the the whole bonding. You know, that's, it's just bonding. You get to meet people who are just like you, you know, think about this, you're in a room with hundreds of people who who love books, who love to read, who love to write. And it's just, it's like for me, an outsider, you know, my whole life, um, it's kind of like you find your family, you find your sisters, you find your brothers. And it's just, it's, I I love it. I love every single one I go to, I try to do and, and see as much as I can and hang out with as many people as I possibly can, you know, eat lunch with readers you know, go out to drinks at night with writers. It's just, you know, it's, it's, we we have such a short amount of time to do all this in. So that's why I never sleep. So Vegas kept me awake the longest
0: and I probably had the most fun there. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you. And, and, you know, the old saying, what happens in Vegas? Yeah, that's right.
3: Exactly. exactly. Actually, that kind of goes with any GCLS. Like what happens in, you know, in, in, down in New Orleans stays there. What happens coming up in Orlando stays there. It's yeah. just, that's just the, that's just the, everybody knows that. It's a body no body
0: pictures. <laughs> no pictures, no videos. It stays there. So, and Nan, you have not been, have, you've not been to one live, right?
1: I have not.
0: So do you plan to attend, I think it's in Orlando next year, hopefully,
4: right?
1: I've already, I've I've made the plans, I've uh, marked off the date. So hopefully (laughs) I have my fingers crossed that it happens because I really, I can't wait. And now hearing everybody talk it up, I'm Mm -hmm. even more excited. So yeah, I I definitely plan to be there.
3: Awesome. Find me,
1: find me, find me and I will
3: get you, I will introduce you to everybody.
1: Oh, I would love that. Yes, I will. I will.
3: Good. Don't find me because I won't talk to
2: anybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Look in the corners. You'll find Bray yeah. in the corners. Yeah.
2: I'll
0: you. give you a quick smile before I run away. Into <laughs> the crowd. So, um, so in your acceptance speeches, who did you guys thank? And, and why did you thank that person or people? Bray, uh, you want to start? Uh, mine was super short because I was aware that my
2: internet could drop at any second, so I kind of said thank you to BSB, to Rad, and Sandy, and to my editor, and to my wife, and that was that. (laughs) (laughs) It was very, very quick, Um, like I say, because my, my thing could drop, but also I'm,
1: yeah, it was, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can understand that, definitely, yep, all right, and Nan, how about you?
1: I thank everyone. I, I am so sentimental and I, I am, have been so grateful for, for all of this. So I, I, I feel like I thank everybody. Um, no, I, I thank um, my, everybody at BSB and my editor, Barbara Ann Wright, um, because she just led me through the process as a, as a newbie, as a first-timer with just humor and compassion and just everything that I needed to get through that. Um, I thank my sister because she made me submit my my book to BSB when I, I felt like it wasn't ready or it wasn't good enough. Um, I thanked my fiance who, um, when she and I were first dating, I kind of mentioned to her that I like to write sometimes, and she's an avid reader, and I sent her some chapters of something that I wrote a long time ago, and the, the longer we've been together, the more that she is just encouraged me you know she read those few chapters of this old story and and we were long distance at the time and i woke up to a bunch of texts the next morning say she read the whole thing and and she said you know you're a writer you're not just somebody who likes to write sometimes you're a writer and you need to do this and she bought me a laptop my, my first birthday that we had together and you know just kind of pulled down all these obstacles that i put up for myself Um, and then my sons, I have two, two amazing sons and we do shared parenting. And, um, so the half of the time that they're not with me is when I do the majority of my writing and I sit and I have this recliner in their bedroom and I sit in there and do my writing and just kind of soak in all their wonderful energy. And they're just my best pals in the whole world. And so those are, those are my amazing people that I think.
0: Nice. Really nice. Good for you.
1: Thank you.
0: All right, and Deb, who did you think? First person,
4: my editor, Shelley Thrasher. Um, she always makes um my stories better. Uh, she's cleaned up my um wordiness over the years. Uh, I love her style of editing. We pass manuscript back and forth, so she gives me a chance to edit after she edits and and together we and I like that because you know, when you write it, you don't see a lot of your, um, you need to get a step away from it for a while and then then come back to it. Because I mean, I'm an editor myself, but I'm a newspaper editor. And it's a totally different thing. And, and, um, from fiction writing. And, um, I trust, I totally trust Shelley after, you know, um, 14 books. I, I totally trust her. And, um, and and then after that, um, I know I think Catherine and Elvis and probably more people, than usual little Strokes people. But um I can't remember beyond that. <laughs> I have to ask, does Elvis have a pompadour?
0: <laughs> no, he doesn't. Uh, I was thinking maybe that's why the other dogs were jealous
4: and after him or something. No, his his brother's name was Prince. <laughs> Uh, My sister and niece adopted the two of them together from a rescue group, and um, they're music fans, so thus Elvis and Prince. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: I love it. All right, and Chris, who did you think? Well,
3: um, my video wasn't working when it first clicked on. We were trying to figure out, because I started talking and i learned because uh last year i did not write a speech at all didn't write a speech it was a surprise it was the last one was, you know because certain categories there, are you know they're more than one winner uh there's more than one winner so um so i was the third one and so i wasn't expecting it and when they called me i had no speech prepared or anything i just kind of went up there and i'm like and i forgot to thank my editor and i was out of all the people, you know, you work the closest with your editor, and and truly, my editor makes my books a hundred times better. And so, I made sure to thank, uh, made sure to thank Ashley, uh, my editor, who's fantastic. She's like half my age, but she's three times as smart and brilliant. And I, I like, we're gonna we're in this forever. Um, I, I thanked, uh, you know, Rad and Sandy and everybody at BSB. Um, not, I think it was this past weekend, uh, last weekend, where they had, um, they brought up, BSB had this book-a-thon, and one of the panels was everything, uh, they had people from every aspect of the whole book process, from, you know, proofreading, to editing, to typesetting, to, you know, actually getting the book in front of people, and how to, how to get it in front of Barnes & Noble, and just, so that whole thing. So just everybody behind the scenes, you know, I thanked them, and then uh, the readers. I mean, without people reading this book you know and and especially this book with with the anxiety issue and and I really wanted to get that point across you know that this was a very important book to, to write and and I'm so happy and thankful that the readers read this book so yeah so I I, I stumbled along through that I kind of had this awesome speech but with the whole thing that messed up with the video and I was like I was grasping at straws I couldn't think of like who other I need to think you know so one day I'm gonna get this right one day I will have the perfect speech and it will be wonderful and everybody will be mentioned and I won't forget a single person. But it wasn't, it wasn't this time.
0: <laughs> well, despite any of the glitches, I would have to say, Chris and Bray, you both pulled it off very smoothly. I, I had think, no idea, that. Oh
3: really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think I cussed. I think I was <laughs> like, damn it, because I was hitting the buttons because nobody <laughs> I was like, damn it, right? Can you hear me? what I can't see me so it's just like it was a mess yeah. so I won't do that again
2: in the background and you can hear her feet on the floor she's <laughs> jumping up and down
0: so you
2: can hear her feet in the kitchen <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's one, um, that this pandemic has uh brought folks um uh, like their their pets and their kids into you know, Mm -hmm. your, your business world. Like when I'm on meetings with people, like I hear kids, you know, like I saw, uh, one of my coworkers, her, her daughter, she's like three go running through the background with, uh, a bikini, uh, high, like wellies and a squirt gun, chasing her (laughs) brothers (laughs) through the house. (laughs) You know, it was great. So, so let's, um, let's talk about do you guys have any uh soon to be released books um anything you're working on um Bray, let's go with you anything coming out that we should be looking for unfortunately not at the moment i'm um, i'm working on a passion project kind
2: of that i've been wanting to do for a long time and it's going to be a beast so i'm doing a ton of research and researching bronze age climate change <laughs> so, um, so that's where I'm at right now but I'm getting ready to propose um, a series
0: so yes. fingers crossed uh, right. they'll be happy with that and that's to do with um, the Greek muses. Good luck with that. Thank you. Awesome. So Nan how about you?
1: I don't have anything coming out very soon but I am working on my, my third book. Um, it is, it's a romance. It's my first just kind of flat out romance that I've I've done. Um, and it, it takes place in the late 90s. Um, young Love, um, a couple of seniors in high school work together at a bookstore and meet. And so it's been fun to have the bookstore aspect because it's my happy place. Um, and uh yeah just a bunch of really fun fun characters and i always this is my third book that i've written in my city in columbus ohio and i love the the landscape here for lgbtq folks it's a it's a great place to be even in the 90s uh so um yeah i'm really i'm having a great time writing it so i'll probably be wrapping that up in a couple months
0: Good, good for you. Shout out to all the Ohioans out there listening.
1: Yes,
0: (laughs) it's my place of origin. So, uh, D. Jackson, how about you? Anything coming out? Anything in the pipeline?
4: Um, well, um, Blades of Bluegrass came out July thirty first. It's just out, and um, like Ordinary is Perfect, it it addresses um, military. PTSD, um, and it addresses um, the, how women are treated in the military, that um, sexual assault by their own troops, uh, not just sexual harassment, sexual assault, and uh, the Army's uh, lack of response to clean this up. And um, it, and it's a romance. It's still a romance. It also uh, addresses um, this. I actually um, got to know quite by accident a woman who um, her wife um, was killed in action a few days before the Defense of Marriage Act was um, uh, struck down, and so her, um, there was a, a group that took up her cause to have her uh, the federal um, uh, survivors benefits uh, approved for her, even though you know it, until she that was struck down, her marriage was not recognized. They were they were married in Massachusetts, and um, the uh, and she won the case, but but it became a very public thing. You know, during this time, and she's grieving. You know, she. It, a very public thing and, and she still she has PTSD because she was also in the military and um you know she lost her wife she she gets in this very public national thing she becomes it and so you know five years later she's still young and how does she move on and uh and date again when everybody knows her you know as uh as Donna well in the story Shannon's wife and um And then she meets this other character who is um, something happened. She wants to get out of the, the, she wants to get out of the military, but um, they won't let her out because of this incident that happened that she knows about. If they keep her in, she can't talk about it. But if, if they let her exit and and she's been injured and they should let her exit with a medical discharge, she's lost her left arm. um, Then she, uh, she would be free. They can no longer keep her quiet, and and so it's 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 got a lot of issues in it. But it's also set in Kentucky bluegrass uh, country with thoroughbred racing, which um, I got so into researching bloodlines and horses, you know, because I love the horse thing, mm-hmm. and that I almost didn't I forgot almost forgot to write the story. <laughs> 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 I was so busy researching. But um, that came out in, uh, in July 31st, and the reviews are, are good on it so far, really good, mm-hmm. and so people are liking it, and, um, but it, now I have a contract to, I'm writing an erotic romance uh, called Unbridled. Whoa. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it's about power play, not BDSM, it's about power play
0: okay all right that's that's a good name for an erotic novel um yeah yeah so and i have to tell you i read blades of bluegrass and i, I loved it i loved that i couldn't put the it there. yeah no it was really it was really a, a good read definitely um i loved everything about it mm-hmm. the characters were real uh the story was real um you know i could imagine it it really happening so
4: yeah. yeah the the woman that I was speaking about um she lived when I was in North Carolina she she lived about uh, an hour from me and we met several times and she opened up to me and talked about you know what it felt like she was amazing um the what she the emotion that she and she still is really uh has a lot of PTSD and and issues I'm sure.
0: Ahead. Yeah, and grief is such a private thing, and to to be thrown into the throes of the public during that time is so rough. Um, yeah. I imagine that caused more PTSD on top of what she was already experiencing.
4: I asked her to sign my copy that I keep of oh, the book. It's, it's so amazing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, and Chris. Um. I
3: just uh, – by the, uh, D. Jackson, I had a reader reach out to me last night and tell me that they read your book and absolutely loved it. Yeah, she and her <laughs> wife both read it, and they loved it. So shout-out to you uh, and your latest. Um, I have a – so last year I wrote a Christmas novella called Tinsel about little kitten. So I reached out to Sandy, and I said, hey, I, I want to do another novella to kind of – to have an in-betweener between the, the books that I write. I wanted to have, you know, to kind of be still in the in the whole loop throughout the year. Um, so I said, I want to write another novella. And she's like, well, we got a lot of Christmas stuff. You know, I said, well, I can do a Thanksgiving one. And she's like, that'd be great, do a Thanksgiving one. So I said, okay, I'm going to do a Thanksgiving novella. So then uh, I sent her a message. I'm like, so so this 25,000 word, 25, word novella turned into a 50,000 word novella. And she's like, well, that's kind of a novel. So she's right, write another 5,000 words and and we'll put it in print. And I was like, okay. So I have Home coming out um, in October, October 1st, and it's a a holiday romance. Uh, I think this is probably going to be a thing that I do from now on since this will be the second one. Um, And it has a dog in it, but it's about this uh, small town. There's a sheriff And a a girl that she crushed on from high school comes back after a divorce, and she brings her kid back to kind of regroup. And then she regroups in town, she stays with her aunt and uncle, and then she's going to move to probably Portland. This this takes place in a fictitious town called uh, Spruce Mountain, Oregon. So so the sheriff is dealing with the feelings with this this person coming back from her past it was basically they had a kiss at a party and then the girl left the next day for college. So uh, she never saw her, never talked to her again, kind of ghosted her almost. And so now they're adults and they're back in town. Ta- um, the, uh, the love interest is back in town. And so the sheriff is not only dealing with that, but she's also has this dog that's running through town, not really wreaking havoc, but just kind of like is into things and people are kind of complaining because it's a small town and they don't want a dog in their yard or on their property so she's trying to find this dog and she's trying to figure out what's going on with this woman so it's 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 extremely fluffy it's a cute romance um it's a short romance um but it comes out october 1st and then Scent the fourth in my sensory series comes out um january 1st
0: awesome so that's october
3: 1st of this year October 1st is home, which is in just a couple months. And then sent is January
0: 1st. Awesome. Well, we look forward to those. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's about all the time we have for today. And I really want to thank all of you for joining us. Um, So uh, again, I want to um, thank Gray Willows, who won in the sci-fi category. um, And the book was called Changing Course. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. thank you for having me. Yeah, and, um, and Chris Bryant, um, your book Listen, uh, one in the short contemporary romance category. Thank yeah. you. For being here. Thank you. And D- Lee, uh, your book Ordinary is Perfect, one in the mid length contemporary romance category. Thank you for being here.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and Nan Higgins, your novel, London Undone, your debut novel, I should say, nice. London Undone, won in the general fiction category. And thank you for being with us. Thank um,
1: you, Anita.
0: And I also want to give a shout out to uh, the Bold Strokes winners who couldn't be with us today. Um, we Charlotte Green, she won in the paranormal occult category, her book Legacy. Uh, Melissa Braden. Her book, Beautiful Dreamer, uh, one in the, con- the long contemporary romance uh, category. Alley Valley, the infamous Alley Valley, uh, her book, Stormy Seas, one in the romantic blend uh, category. And Carrie Hunter, uh, her book, Breathe, one in the romantic blend category also. So kudos to those authors as well. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, more from you guys, more, more winning novels. No pressure though. Um, and thanks again for being with us. And uh, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Anita Kelly and thanks for joining. us talk about books, baby. And until next time, may your journey be lighthearted and peace be plenty.